heard that safe drivers get rewarded with Snapshot from Progressive, so you went online to check it out. But then you saw an ad for a vintage baseball cap, and now you find yourself checking the stats of that team's second baseman in 97, wondering why his stolen base total dropped after his rookie season. Wonder how much his rookie card is worth. Yes, they said it was easy to save money with Snapshot from Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents. Hello, my friends. This is Andy with the Andy Falco Show, coming to you live from Bray, California. It is six o'clock on Thursday. That's right. Uh, I'm a little thrown off because this is the first time in several weeks that I have not. I don't have my kids. My kids aren't in the background over there or over there, and it's really a little bit too quiet. And so, if you notice, I have the graphic that's up, and then the video starts. Well, that graphic up gives um, the stream time to catch up with real time so that I can play the video and then when I come on, everything's up in YouTube and Twitter and Twitch and uh, Facebook. Uh, and then during that time, I say a prayer, uh, especially lately, because I just want God to give me the strength um, and the words and so that I can be truthful and accurate. Um, and uh, the prayer today was a little bit longer because uh, I've gotten both positive and negative um, feedback from my show where I just knew I had I had to let it out. I had to get out of my system or else I would have an ulcer. And I just simply had to let it out last show. The one that I said that was, there's going to be some foul language. Um, and I know God forgave me for my foul language. I asked for forgiveness. Um, it, it, some of it may not have been appropriate. Some people said it was great. Other people said, ah, maybe a little bit too much. So um, uh, I'm going to do better, but I think I may still put the banner at the bottom uh, as I get going here uh, to uh, warn you that on occasion uh, it may slip out because it's um, for the first time in several weeks, I actually had to turn off the news for, you know, an hour <laughs> because I am so engrossed into finding out everything. Every time somebody says something, I go to a, uh, a website or internet search or uh, I email a, a friend of mine who is in a in a position that I can ask them, you know, what do you think about this? And what about that? And what about this? Um, and um, and it's exhausting. And so I had to turn off uh, just for a little bit. But uh, yeah, my prayer was a little bit longer today uh, that um, uh, Tina agrees with the title. Uh, <laughs> that's good. Uh, shall I get my popcorn or vodka? Uh, maybe vodka. <laughs> How about both? Hey, Nabucco. I wonder what Nabucco thinks from Japan about all the stuff. I'm. She tunes in every time. I'm wondering if, hope I'm not her only source of news. Uh, I am I am factual, and I am telling you the truth, and you do need to trust that what I'm saying is true. But, uh, oh, autofocus again. Why does that happen? Uh, I, I don't move this uh, very often, but I may have moved it. Thank you. Autofocus off. I don't know. It must uh, automatically just reset. I don't know what's happening. All right. So autofocus off. Thank you, April, for do that. You're the best. All right. 
Hey, Nicole, nice to see you. So I have a few subject matters that we're going to be talking about today, and I just want to go through them now so that you can decide whether you're going to just listen to the first part or uh, wait until the middle part or wait till all the way to the end. But I'm going to be talking about uh, that I have I argue right now, and I actually changed the title uh, or added added a component because this has really been weighing on me. Uh, and I and I and I've been you know it was after the funeral today that especially uh, Sharpton, what's his first name? Al Al Sharpton. What a what a jeez. Uh, why would you have that guy speak when you're trying? <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I have an argument that there is more systematic, uh, um, uh, systemic, sorry, systematic, systemic racism against the, the um, people of blue color than there are of black color. I know somebody start just, you know, call me up and send me the messages, but systemic racism against blue is more accurate than systemic racism against black in law enforcement in, in law enforcement. I have told you, and on the last show, I read out some statistics. I, uh, Harvard studies, FBI studies, statistics about the amount of crime um, uh, and, and then the percentage of shootings and, and whatnot. But I, based on, it, it hit me last night when I woke up to the three officers in New York, uh, two were shot, one was stabbed in the neck. To walk up to a police officer and stand, stab him in the neck is, is just, it is, it, is, it is crazy. And not very many people care. Who cares? People in law enforcement. Media doesn't care. They talk about it. But yeah, but yeah, but George Floyd, he was kneeled and that, that is way more important. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that too. I'm going to talk about things that are not very popular. So April, it may be a vodka night. I have a beer here uh, because it is that type of thing. But I think there's more, uh, I think systemic racism against blue, the color blue is more prevalent than sy systemic racism against blacks in law enforcement. And that, um, and I'll prove my point. Uh, and in and, and, and the description I talked about, what, I, there's days, there's days that I don't know what would be better, right? And this is a little bit of the devil angel on my shoulders that I have from time to time. And I try to shoo away the, the devil and get, tell him to get away, but I'm a, I'm a human being and I'm flawed and I'm a sinner. Uh, but on occasion, I think, you know what? I think maybe I will vote for, vote for Biden. There's days where I say, <laughs> I will tell my friends and say, let's vote for Biden. You know, let's vote for a dead person because I want the Democrats to see what they, because they know they don't like him. No, Democrats don't like Biden. They don't think he's a great candidate or else they wouldn't be going, going through all the stuff that they're going through between the pandemic and the, and the, and the writing. They wouldn't be supporting it all if they thought they had a good candidate. I guarantee that. I promise you they would be more focused on how powerful Biden is as a candidate, but instead they are more focused on how horrible Donald Trump is. You never hear that they have a policy and a, um, a platform that is more powerful and better for our country than anything Donald Trump has, has done. There is nothing, right? They may, they may allude to it or say, well, Biden has way more ideas. He has way more history. He has way more history of holding back black people. He has more history of being racist. He has more history of not doing anything for the country than Donald Trump does in three years. And they know it or else they wouldn't be supporting the rioters. They would not be supporting the liberal media and they would not be supporting uh, the, the idea that we can still not go back to work yet. They can hold a funeral in the, wherever it was, Philadelphia. I forget where it was today. It was somewhere. They're going to have three of them. They're going to have three funerals for one guy 
in all these liberal cities where they don't allow you to go back to work or have graduations or have funerals for your loved ones, but they're gonna allow them to have a funeral for one man during the pandemic. Right? They're gonna allow all of them to get together with no man. Nobody said, hey, they're not wearing masks. Nope, you hadn't you heard nobody. I'm sorry, I'm yelling. You heard nobody during that funeral, during any of the liberal broadcasts, you never heard anybody go, look at they're not wearing masks. Nobody went crazy about them not. Look at they're sitting close together. Look at they're hugging each other and holding hands. None of them got crazy about that. Are you kidding me? Let me have a drink. <laughs> but I heard today a friend of mine, my my colleague Everett O'Keefe, he has to have a few have a funeral. He has to have a graduation with his son from high school, still in a car. It's a drive a drive by graduation. And yet they can have three memorial services for a criminal that was unlawfully murdered by some police officer. A criminal that was unlawfully murdered by some police officer. That's the most accurate statement about the situation. Was it horrible? Yes. Was it graphic on a video? Yes. But he was. they would not have been in contact with him if he was not a criminal. Understand that. And so now, but they can have three funerals for him and, and, and uh, uh, paint his image on a wall and, and, and bow down to him and hallelujah. And Al Sharp, what's his name? Al Sharpton? Is that, that's the name, right? <laughs> He's a moron. Uh, 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 talking about how it's Donald Trump's fault. What? Al, uh, George Floyd was a criminal for decades. He, he got arrested for aggravated assault and a robbery and put a gun against a pregnant woman's stomach. The guy that they're bowing to and having all these memorial services for. That, again, that doesn't mean he should have been murdered. You got to understand. I, I know I'm, I'm a horrible callous person. I know. But geez, Louise, you got to be freaking kidding me. Gosh, darn it. I've just lost my mind. Hey, Martin, I'm sorry I'm embarrassing myself in front of you. Uh, and please pray for me today because <laughs> I can't stand it. All right. I'm not even got to the content. I'm just telling you what we're going to be talking about. All right. The next thing I'm going to gloat. And you know what? I'm going to start with gloating. Uh, and, I, and, and I only want to gloat not to uh, blow up my ego. Right. I am a man. I am a, a former police officer, retired still. You know, I still, you know, do lot stuff in law enforcement. Um, you have to have some type of um, confidence in yourself to be able to go into a federal courtroom and sit in a stand and be questioned and, uh, and, and grilled by opposing attorneys and to speak to the judge and turn to him and talk to him as if you're equals, right? You have to have some confidence. So uh, I'm not saying that it, it, that it is against me to tell you, I have, I have done some pretty decent things and I know stuff and I've been around and I, and I do know what I'm talking about based on proof and science. I've studied this stuff and I have scientific papers. I've authored scientific papers. I know that shocks you because I cannot spell certain words. You've seen me not be able to spell a word, but there's always people that edit that kind of stuff and make sure it looks pretty. Uh, I just come up with the ideas and somebody else writes it. All right. But I got to gloat anyway. I'm going to gloat anyway. A week ago, did I not tell you? Here from Brea, California, not in Minneapolis, Minnesota, right? I'm not a DA. I'm not a mayor. I'm not a governor. I'm not a U.S. attorney. And I told you, they needed to charge that former police officer with murder too. Did I not tell you that a week ago? <laughs> and I said, you got the other three guys that if you don't charge them with murder too, you're not going to be able to charge them with anything of substance that you're going to be able to arrest them for. I told you that. 
I may not have used those exact words, but I said, if you, if you charge him with murder three, that leaves nothing for the other three. And there's no reason why they couldn't charge him with murder two. And so I'm going to gloat and tell you, what did they do yesterday? They charged the primary officer with murder two so they could charge the other three with something more substantial so the rioting didn't get worse. What should I have not, should I have called? Should I have gone down there? Should I have uh, turned in my uh, application and say, hey, let me be the U.S. attorney for a day. Let me just go on a ride along. And here, listen to me. Listen to me, uh, people. <laughs> you can see my wheels started. Charge him with murder. I would have gone in there and said, charge him with murder two. Arrest the other three for either murder three or accomplices to murder two. So that when... You have all the evidence. You don't need to have all the evidence now. You have enough evidence to do it. Yeah, there was clearly enough evidence to do it. There was the video was enough evidence. That's all you needed. No, we need to have enough to. Pro no, you don't need enough to prosecute. Never in in law enforcement have we ever really truly needed enough to prosecute. We have enough to arrest. The after at the arrest continues the investigation. Have you not watched CSI? or uh, 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 Hill Street Blues, or Adam 12, or SWAT, or Barnaby Jones. Have you ever not watched those things? You have enough to arrest, to continue the investigation, to build the case, to get a, an admission of guilt. Oh my God. So thank you. If somebody please reach through, pat me on the back and say, congratulations, you need to gloat. I could gloat about a few other things too, but I'm just going to leave that one because that's really, again, and, I, and all the lies that are being told are, are other ones. And so let's go back to my ideas or my thoughts that the, um, and I just want to, I'm going to talk about this just briefly because I know that it's very uncomfortable for people to talk about that. Um, uh, there's systemic racism against blue, the color blue, I'm blue. 800,000, I forget what the number was. There was a large number of, of, of people that were, pardon me, Jones, I know. There's a lot. <laughs> I know. Gosh darn it. And I, and I think those weren't reruns. I'm pretty sure those weren't reruns. Dang it. That's not good. Um, no, I don't think so. Um, and so um, the numbers, let me just talk about the numbers here. And so in 2019, uh, I hope I have my numbers. Let me make sure I have my other numbers. I meant to have the other numbers uh, handy so that I could go to them quickly. Yes. So let me just go back to the other numbers. So 82 people were shot in Chicago. 19 were killed. Those are black on black crimes. All right. So you have, you have a, a very high level of crime in Chicago. We already know that. That was just last week. <laughs> that was, that's not a year. That's not a year. 82 people were shot in Chicago last week over the weekend. Just on a weekend, like I think uh, two days, two and a half days, right? 82 people were shot. 19 were killed. On black on black, all right. So then we come to uh, uh, law enforcement and the and shootings in 2019. I believe this was taken 2019, where there were uh, um, uh, 10 million calls for service. 10 million calls for service. Many of them in lower income areas. That's where many calls are are um, serviced are in areas where there's high crime activity. These are often lower income areas. I'm gonna get to some other stuff here in just a second. But 1,004 fatal shootings out of the 10 million calls for service, 41 were unarmed. 19 people 
that were killed were white. Out of the 41, 19 people were killed were white. Nine were black. So in an entire year, it is awful that nine black people were shot. Now, those nine unarmed suspects were not innocent necessarily. I think there were two or three that were people like they can't really decide, well, did he really have a gun or didn't he have a gun? But they were but nine of the unarmed people that were that were black and white were actively assaulting a police officer that had no choice. I told you a story that just before I retired, it was a, a couple days. It was like one of my last calls that I went to it was on Father's Day. It was a hot summer day in Anaheim Hills in a, an Anaheim, a very um, expensive area of Anaheim Hills. I went to the call and the guy was sitting on the curb. He jumped up, he attacked me, he grabbed for my gun. He was trying to yank my gun out of my holster. Uh, I fought with him, I broke his arm. The bone came out of his arm as I was wrestling with him. I was trying to use that for pain compliance. I was trying to pull the bone out even further. Uh, eventually some backup got there. We got a hold of him, we handcuffed him, we put him in a, in a gurney. I, I would have shot him. I would have shot him and that would have gone down as an unarmed shooting. Just because it says unarmed shooting doesn't mean that the attack wasn't violent enough to um, justify a shooting. So when you see these stats of 41 unarmed shootings, it doesn't mean that the opposition or the suspect who was unarmed was not violent. It doesn't mean that. It means that the officers thought he was going to die or somebody else was gonna die. But in most cases, I would think, I didn't look at all of them, that the officer had to believe that either he was going to die or somebody else. And so he had to use deadly force. Or he thought they had a weapon, which happened in um, uh, a number of incidents. And in I could go through them all. But, you know, somebody has like something, a stick in the darkness. It looks like a gun. It's not a gun. They get shot. Now they're listed as unarmed. Uh, they had a cell phone in their hand. They thought it was a gun. They got shot. They were unarmed. And so those are other things. Uh, decision making. Uh, accidental shootings possibly, or the fact that it was a it was a robbery in progress call. They got there, they saw a guy come around in the darkness. He was holding something in his hand. They shot them. That is an unarmed killing of somebody. So it doesn't mean when we hear unarmed, we believe just on the statement that it was an accidental or they shot somebody needlessly and did it without without thought. Right? They go, oh, there's a there's a black guy. I'm going to shoot him. Right. No, these are people that are that are criminals that are actively resisting or doing something where the officer thought they were going to die. Now, two of those were questionable, two of those. And so now to the thing about blue racism, systemic racism against blue people is that, oh, man, my notes are all jacked up. They weren't jacked up up until later today and I got them all messed up. <clears throat> so 89 police officers died in the line of duty in 2019. Forty eight were murdered. So you have 48 police officers that are murdered, but police officers are systemically racist. I don't know what number of those were black against police officers, or it doesn't matter because it's against blue. It doesn't matter if it's a white person who shot a cop or a black person who got it. It is they shot them because they were blue. Do you understand? And this is, I haven't heard anybody else talk about this. I just was looking through some stats and said, if you are going to play this game, where you look at numbers and say, well, nine black unarmed men and women, some of those were women, were shot. So there's systemic racism in law enforcement. Now, I understand that they're also talking about contacts, that they're contacting them because they're black. They're stopping them because they're black. I understand that. I'm going to get to that in just one second. But when they start, the first thing they go to is how many were killed, right? We talk about George Floyd. He was murdered by a police officer based on Minnesota law. In California, it was a manslaughter. In Minnesota, it was a murder, all right? So I can agree with that. He was murdered by that cop. But does that mean that it's systemic? No, 
That means the entire system is racist. The entire system is not racist. I've proven that in over two nights of doing this. And I'm now I'm making a point that if there's, if there's systemic racism, it's against blue and it's within the Democrat liberal organizations in our country and, and, and politicians of our country. Anybody who is liberal hates the cops. They, you see signs holding them up, unfund uh, policing, right? Or defund, defund policing, um, uh, end all policing, let criminals out, sanctuary cities. That is systemic racism against um, uh, um, uh, uh, of, of law enforcement, number one, and the, re and the enforcement of crime. And so, and then when you have in 2019, 48 police officers murdered by all races, who knows which ones are, are murdering them. I should probably look up that next, but that's not, that's not the point. It's that the one color is blue because there's, we had a black police officer, even retired. If you wouldn't even count retired police officers working in security positions, then we can include the captain that was shot. Um, wherever I forget where I think it was in Philadelphia. I can't remember. I'm sorry, <clears throat> but he, nobody cared about him. They videotaped that and no, you know, so you saw no rioting for him that he was shot and left to die on the sidewalk. The police officer in Las Vegas in front of the circus circus who was shot in the back of the head. You didn't see any rioting for him. You didn't see all of us blue go, okay, forget it. We're not going back to work. No, we went back to work the next day. We went back to work. As soon as we heard a black officer, a white officer in Las Vegas, um, uh, 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 three officers in New York were, were, were shot at and stabbed in the neck. We didn't, we didn't go riot. We went to work, but instead one man on video, horrific crime murdered. And now everybody has to pay. Other countries are paying for one horrible, nasty piece of shit officer. Sorry, let me put this up. I'm going to, I, 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 I did it. I did it. Let me put that up. Um, and now we're all supposed to pay. So my premise, I hope I've made at least on the surface in the beginning stages is that if there's systemic racism, it's, it's against people of the color blue because we, I've proven and many articles have proven and Harvard university has proven that there is no systemic racism against people that are black. Now, is there racism in law enforcement? Yes. Is there racism in the medical business uh, uh, industry? Is there uh, racism in um, Costco? Yes. Right. You have certain people that are being in positions of power that think that the white people are better in positions than black people. We have it. It's, uh, it's everywhere. But yet still people from other countries of, of uh, uh, you know, immigrants of minorities, Mexican, Black, uh, Haitians, um, uh, Puerto Ricans, I don't know about Puerto Ricans, um, Costa Ricans, uh, where else? Africans, true Africans, not African-Americans who are, are black people born in America. I don't know why you still go by, they're American, they're black Americans, they're not African-Americans. So, but there's Africans who come here. We have South Africans that come here that are white, right? All these people of minorities still come here. Why? Why? Why do they come here? Because all I've heard today is that uh, blacks are held back in the United States, that, they're, that, that our country is racist, that our country does not allow for blacks to succeed. Our country is horrible for the opportunity for black people to succeed, to go to school and to be educated and to run businesses and to be actors and to succeed. It's horrible. 
And yet we have thousands, thousands of immigrants from other countries come here. Why? Why? Not because it's racist. Overall, is there racism? Yes, there's racism in every country, but I would say the United States is the least of racist. Now, you could maybe say Canada, but Canada is a little wonky. What's <laughs> wonky? But you got, sorry, my Canadian friends. I love Canada, by the way. But, but, I, but, but besides Canada, besides Canada, Australia has racism with the indigenous people over there, right? They have a huge racist problem. They think they're, they're no evil, you know, ever better than us. You have an Australian reporter over at the White House trying to say, us in Australia are watching how racist the United States is. Oh, shut up. You guys are racist too. I've heard about it. I know people that live in Australia and they talk about the racism. I've been in Slovakia and I've been in Germany and I've been in uh, Poland. There was way more racism in those countries. Uh, the Budapest, there's way more racism in those countries. I've been there and I've heard it and I've been around it and they tell me about it. They, they freely talk about it. They say, yeah, those people, they, they, it, it, it's obvious, right? Here, the racism that we have is sometimes hidden. Sometimes it's obvious. But overall, our country has so much opportunity, right? The biggest people yelling about racism are the most successful people. Of, of the color of black and the color of white, right? The, the most people that rail about it, this is a horrible situation. This is a horrible situation. But those people on my last point, those, those people that really, whites, blacks, Mexicans, I don't care who you are, that talk about how horrible America is and how, how terrible it is. Do you know what area of the countries you're talking about when you're saying that it's a horrible place for black people? You know where those places are? in democratic cities and states. Absolutely, there is no doubt. I have an article, I, well, no, I didn't bring it up. Dang it, I was going to, shoot, uh, not enough time. I don't wanna, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna bring in another, uh, I'm gonna do another show on this and it'll be more, more focused on this one subject matter. But I know Democrats aren't watching this, uh, you know, uh, it, it's, it's crazy. Oh, shut up, I finally, yes, I finally had something. Shut up, you Republican. I, I told people I am I am a, a, polit, um, a political party. Uh, 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 what's it called? What I say the other day? <laughs> uh, what did I say? Shoot! What is it when you're not religious in one way or another? You guys kind of flopping around. What was it agnostic? I'm uh, polit politically agnostic for the most part. I did not vote for President uh, uh, Bush. By the way, uh, I look at me. Look at me right here. <laughs> I know that you're probably just listening to me, some of you. But look at me. I, I will not vote for a Republican if I don't agree with them. I will not. I will not vote for a Democrat. I know for sure, as I've told you before, that there is no Democrat right now that is for America that I know of. No, no, that's not two. There's three. There's three that I do. And there, uh, two of them are black, <laughs> by the way. And I would vote for them. If I, if I were in those cities or those states, I would vote for that Democratic candidate over a Republican candidate because I love what they say. I love what they represent. And I love that they call it out their Democrat party. They're saying, you're wrong. You're wrong. Uh, Democrats, uh, there's certainly a couple of Democrats that went to the White House and said, thank you, President, for what you're doing. And they are railed against, they are censured, and there's a good chance they will not be voted. But if I lived in those areas, I would vote for that Democrat. Yes, that I'm agnostic because I vote for whoever is for America. I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican. And so, whatever you are, um, I'm not going to shut up. This is my show. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. 
Thank you so much. Let's see what else you have. Based upon racism, nobody takes accountability. Right. You know who doesn't take accountability? Democrats and liberals. They do not take accountability. The worst run cities for minorities are Democrat liberal run cities. There is a uh, um, aspect poverty is found in Democrat run communities. Abject poverty found in every Democrat run city. Detroit, Chicago, uh, New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco. Where is the highest? Um, I'm going to just leave that up because it's awesome. Um, <laughs> where is the most poverty in Democrat run communities? Always. Right. And that brings me to the title of this thing. And so now what they're doing is they're saying, we need reform. You've been in power for over 50 years in Baltimore, in Detroit, in Chicago, in many of, in, in many of these cities. You are the fault of, of what is happening. You are to blame for what is happening in these communities. You are to blame for not having reform. The Minnesota, the Minneapolis, Minnesota uh, incident is, 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 it is not Donald Trump who is to blame for that. It is the Democrat leadership. It was the Democrat mayor who's in charge who did not have any, didn't have not respond, did not take any responsibility. So sorry, I'm excited. Did not have taken responsibility for his police department. He never looked at his police department and said, what is going on here? You have a guy that has 18 prior um, uh, uh, reports of, of assault under color of authority and you've done nothing. He's still working here. You have a mayor. Did Donald Trump, you're going to tell me that Donald Trump is responsible for overseeing the Minneapolis Police Department? He's the one who's responsible for the Minneapolis Police Department? What were you doing, you dumbass? You're responsible for the, for the police department. Governor, what were you doing? Governor, you're responsible for the mayors in your state and what's going on in your state. Did you not ever get the mayors together and say, hey, uh, I understand that we are having problems of racism within the police departments within our state. I need all of you mayors to contact your chief of police and let's put a system together and let's find out how many officers have more than one uh, report, uh, a, a complaint for excessive use of force. Let's, let's put it, let's, I need a spreadsheet. I want a spreadsheet. How many have one? All right. How many have two? How many have more than three? How many have more than five? No, sorry, five. How many have more than 10? Right. Let's look at this. It would be very simple. This is not brain surgery. Right. It's kind of like the other day, like a week ago, I told you to, to arrest the officer, which you did not do for murder two, and then charge the other three with either murder three or accessory to murder two. I told you that. They're going, well, we don't know. We want to make sure that we do this thing. Oh, it's Donald Trump's fault. What's he? Oh, oh my God. He's, he's using tear gas on the, on, the pro, on the peaceful protesters to go to the church. He holds the Bible. Uh, you do that, but you don't care about the mayor doing nothing to figure out what was going on in his police department. He didn't come in and say, you know what? I just want to make sure. Like what new boss doesn't come in and say, hey, you know, I'm coming. I'm new um, to this company. Hold on. I'm new to this company. This is what a mayor, mayor essentially is the boss of a company, right? He's the boss of the city, of everything, of the fleet management, of the roads, 
of the trees that are in the parks, that are in the, on the parkways, that are on the center medians, the grass that is mowed, that are on city-owned property. He's responsible for the police department, the fire department, right? The, the streetlights. He is the boss of all that stuff. He comes in and says, hey, you know what? I'm brand new. I need you, the leader, uh, the chief of police, the fire chief, uh, head of uh, uh, Parks and Recreation. I love that show, by the way. Um, uh, I, uh, the head of, um, uh, of infrastructure, whoever that is, streets and whatever. And you say, come in here. Okay, what I need. Okay, this is what I want. Um, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a month. I want to, I'm going to give you a month. And one thing I want to make sure is that all of our employees and all the people that they serve are satisfied with their service, right? So I want to make sure the employees are satisfied and happy about their pay, maybe what they're doing, maybe about the hours, maybe about the supervision. I, I would like for you to, to kind of bring them in and say, you know, what do you think? How are we doing, right? I also want you to show me which ones are in trouble, which ones are having difficulty um, with uh, complaints from the public, from the citizens who voted for me, right? You come in, I, I, want, you, I want you to kind of give me a, uh, a report, and I want it to be a, a very good report, a detailed report, because I'm going to have a team over here. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to just do it myself. I'm going to have this team of five or six people, and we're going to go through those things, and then we're going to come up with a plan uh, to either help employees that are struggling financially, struggling mentally, struggling with complaints, and maybe we need to consider firing them, and we need to do this today, right? Because I am the new boss of this city, and we need to do that right away, right? Let's do this, right? I am telling you, because I've investigated criminal activity based on police officers in Minnesota and many uh, and in other cities within Minnesota. And I have found as an investigator, that's what I do for a living, uh, that there has been some problems with some cases that I've investigated and had to go into court and say, the officer, he lied and he didn't do what he was supposed to do. I have been on court federally and statewide in Minnesota in cases involving officers who have not done the right thing. And I have complained about it and said, yeah, they need to do something about this guy because he's going to get somebody hurt. And where does it go? Nowhere. Why? Because you have Democrat DAs who that's who I'm going against in most cases, the Democrat DAs within the in, within the, uh, uh, the cities. And they've done nothing based on what I gave them as listening. You have a problem here and you're going to lose a, a bunch more cases. You lost a case that I'm involved in because I was the expert on it and they lost. Right. Not all of them, but sometimes they lose um, because of the information I bring to them and they do nothing. The officer goes back out to work the next day. Even though we showed that he lied, even though I showed that he lied, he goes back out to work. Does he get something in his packet? No. Does, is there any kind of complaint? No. Right? He just goes, oh, we lost that one, so we'll just go back to work. No, he lied. <laughs> what? Right? And so the mayor, being the boss, does nothing. Right? They've done nothing for, for 50 years. And yet you got these liberal voters. I got people on my Facebook and my Twitter and, um, uh, you know, writing stuff like this that they don't care. Right? Sakshatikawakara does not care that he, that, that he or she's Democrat leadership in wherever she lives. I don't know where she lives. She does not care that they don't care about her or him, whoever that is. Right? They don't care. And even though I point that out, they just, all they know is they hate Trump or they hate Republicans. But I'm going to tell you, Donald Trump has done more for blacks in America than any other president, including Barack Obama. Here is an article. It's from the Gazette, the Delaware Gazette. Um, Despite Socialist Democrats' ongoing campaign to obstruct Donald Trump's economic agenda, the president has kept his core promise to our community. 
This is written by a black author by, or um, uh, reporter, right? Pastor Daryl Scott. Um, oh, I know Daryl Scott. All right. So Daryl Scott writes, despite the Socialist Democrats' ongoing campaign to obstruct the Donald Trump's economic agenda, the president has kept his core promise to our community by eliminating job-killing regulations and cutting taxes for the middle class. He has given millions of African-Americans a chance to thrive in a strong and growing economy. Since Donald Trump's inauguration, the U.S. economy has created a whopping 1,017,000 new jobs for African-Americans, including many right here in Ohio. Today, the national black unemployment rate, this was before the pandemic, um, is at an all-time low of 5.5%. Unemployment for black women is ever lo even lower at just 4.4%. More importantly, the overall black-white employment gap is smaller, not larger, as you've been told by liberal media and the Democrats trying to say that this is all Donald Trump's problem. It has never been lower and the gap is smaller. It is great to see so many African-American men and women back in, the, back in the workforce more than ever before. In addition, President Trump's opportunity zone, President Trump's opportunity zone, did Barack Obama have an opportunity zone? No. Um, uh, in, in, initiative is spurring even more economic growth and underdeveloped communities around the country. Though, um, through targeted tax incentives, the, the uh, initiative is projected to generate approximately $100 billion of new private investments uh, in communities that need it most. The focus on expanding economic opportunity for uh, minorities has been a majority priority for the Trump administration, a priority for the Trump uh, administration. That's why the president was so committed to reforming the criminal justice system, which I don't necessarily agree with. But he did it anyway, right? By eliminating, there are some things about it that are, you know, listen, crime needs to be enforced. But anyway, by eliminating the sentencing disparities, which is fine. Uh, if there's disparities, those need to be fixed. Caused by the horrendous Clinton era. Clinton, what? You're telling me that Clinton was not for blacks? Because I thought he was the black president before Barama was a black president. But wait a minute. It says here, the horrendous Clinton era crime bill, which disproportionately affected African-Americans. What? No, say it isn't so. President Trump has given thousands of unfairly sentenced black inmates a second chance at American at the American dream. What American dream? There's no American dream for blacks. What are you talking about, pastor? What are you talking about? I've just heard. I've heard for over a week that there's no American dream. I've heard for over a week that we've done nothing but hold black people back. I've heard nothing for a week that the police hate black people. You, what, you, what are you talking about, American dream? There's no American dream? What? The next thing that, the, that Trump did, the First Step Act. What? There's another thing that he did? Yes. Also included significant reforms to address uh, recidivism, such as helping prisons improve their rehabilitation programs and allowing nonviolent inmates to earn early release. That's the part I'm really not that happy about. That's okay. But if they, if they can prove themselves reliable to be released, then they should be released. Uh, credits for good behavior more easily. Fine. All right, I can, there's okay. I don't have to agree with everything. Thanks, uh, thanks to civilization, nonviolent inmates will now be equipped with the professional and social skills they need to become productive members of society following their release. President Trump also, he's done more. What, wait, there's more. <laughs> you get a knife. No, so President Trump also understands that the foundation of economic success is quality education. Yes, that's why he signed a $360 million grant to support historically black colleges and universities last year, by far the most that any other president has ever appropriated for HBCUs. 
Even America's first black president, Barack Obama, never, I'll repeat that, even Barack Obama never, never, that means zero, ever allocated that much money to HBCUs. These facts are undeniable, and I'm truly excited to help spread the word as part of the Black Voices for Trump Coalition. All right, I want to read that last part so that you were very clear. Now, I know something's coming up here. Uh, Kanye West, uh, 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 breaking news, Kanye West joined tonight's protest march in Chicago. Let's hope he's uses influence to lead people to the Lord because the world needs a lot of that. Amen. All right. That's all. That's all proper gander, proper gander. <laughs> Proof once again that education is so important uh, in our world. Proper gander. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> all right sorry i hope i'm not losing people all right it just struck me it's funny that's all propaganda <laughs> by the government trump is just a puppet all right see there you go that's always that's always the thing uh oh well, here we go uh, America KKK is based upon racism and nobody takes accountability. Yes, KKK is the liberal party. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. That's what I'm trying to explain. Thank you for listening. I appreciate that because it, there is nothing more obvious that the Democrat liberal party is doing more to hold black back black Americans than any other party, including liberals, uh, liberals. <laughs> No, it is liberals, um, uh, independents, Republicans, and you name it, the Green Party, whatever else is out there. And and Shatika Ra, Shatika, Shatek, I'm gonna, I was going to give it a shot one more time. You're absolutely right. America is based upon racism, but not the entire country. The, the party that is doing that is the Democrat Party. It, because if you go to any one of those cities, Baltimore, Democrat run. New York, Democrat run. Uh, Chicago, Democrat run. LA Democrat run where we have the worst um, school systems, right? When we talk about education, um, when we get <laughs> out propaganda, um, education is one of the most important things that will lead you out of poverty, right? But where do you find the worst ed education and Democrat run cities and states? Where do you find more um, fatherless children in Democrat cities? Where do you find more um, uh, 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 poverty in Democrat-run cities? It is exactly that. It is a KKK style of holding down minorities so that they need the government to live. They're dependent on the governor to live through um, food stamps and, and, and poverty-based uh, systems that will not allow them to progress and to become successful. Only those who break through that and understand that they need to think outside of liberal policies are the ones who succeed. Any successful black who moves out understands that you need to get an education, you need to run a business, you need to uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, support, um, uh, uh, shoot, uh, Republican policies in order to be successful. If you continue to support liberal policies, you will not be successful because it's based on holding people back 
and relying on the government to do everything for you. That is not a way to succeed. Never has been and never will be forever. Never be a way to succeed. Right. And so you need to understand that that is the thing. Um, and I got that. All right. Oh, dang, I was on my last page. Thank goodness. Woo! I got it all out. I want to just before I leave here and I just want to talk about a few things here is I've seen some videos and this is just an ending on a sad note that is totally crazy and um, just sad is that you see people kneeling in front of protesters and they're not all black. There, there's some white ones that are, I don't know. It, it's a very odd thing that during these protests that they're telling white people to kneel and to ask for forgiveness for being white. And there's people that are doing it. What? What? You will never see me kneel before any man. And I saw some videos where they were kissing the boot of, of, of three or four black men. You catch me ever doing that, you have permission to shoot me in the face. I will never kneel for a man. I kneel for a God. I will never kneel for a, a man. And it is the craziest thing. And I haven't talked to my kids about this. I said, you know, I tell them, no, no, no. There's two things. If I ever see you make a heart, uh, a, a, a heart, what is that called? When you, with your hands, right? When you make a heart with your hands, my boys, the girls can do it. But if I ever see you, a boy, one of my boys make a heart with your hands, I, I will slap you and I will punch you in the face. Um, if you ever kneel to a man, I'll punch you in the face, right? If you ever see me make a heart uh, shape with my hands, you have permission to punch me in the face. And if you ever see me kneel or kiss a man's boot, black, white, Mexican, uh, the president of the United States, the president of any other country, then shoot me in the face. I will never kneel to a man. I am not racist. I have never been racist. I grew up in a, in a somewhat racist uh, house. Um, my, uh, my, my father called Mexicans wetbacks. My father was Mexican. <laughs> He says half Mexican, half Spaniard. His mom was Mexican. His dad was born in Spain. Um, but he called Mexicans wetbacks that were come over uh, illegally. Uh, but those that were working hard, he'd call them, you know, his fellow man, his fellow Mexicans. Uh, but um, but there was some racism in there, right? And so uh, that's where I grew up. I've never been racist. I will never apologize. I've never been racist. I've carried black women out, uh, out of houses that were burning. I've um, uh, um, given CPR before we had masks to a black woman who was dying uh, and giving her CPR and putting my mouth on her mouth and, and giving her CPR as she was vomiting uh, and uh, giving compressions at the same time. She was black. Do you think I would try to save a life of somebody doing that, that I knew she was dying if I was racist? No, I've never, I will, you'll never catch me kneeling at a, in front of a man apologizing for anything ever. If again, if you see me doing that, that's, I've lost my mind and you need to put me out of my misery. Um, again, last thing, when all this is in, it, all this is happening because you guys have a lousy candidate. I, I believe, I truly believe it, that you know that you're, in, you're, uh, you've, you're gonna nominate a, a man that is just short of death. Um, and that's sad. Uh, all of you, all of you Democrats, you at the DNC should be arrested for senior abuse because you're putting this man out here and he should not be out there. His wife, Dr. Biden, whatever, whatever she is, Dr. Biden, she needs to be arrested for senior abuse because you're putting a man out there that he will never survive a four-year presidency. He will never survive. I don't think you've survived the first year. He can't survive a talk on, on Facebook or YouTube or whatever he's doing it on. It, it is abuse. And here you are punishing us because you have a lousy candidate. If you had a candidate that knew 
how to run a campaign and had policies to truly help black people, to truly help people get out of poverty, to truly help our educational system, who truly could help the infrastructure that knew how to do, do, um, do world um, uh, negotiations and, and discussions to keep us out of war. If you had that, you'd be talking about that. All you're talking about is how you hate the president. That is not a, a campaign um, there's no campaign promises there that you can rely upon just because you hate somebody. And so it is not our fault that you don't have anybody in your entire Democratic Party. You have no one other than Joe Biden is the best of your party. You're telling us that Joe Biden is the best of your policy. It's kind of like Rod. Uh, what's his name? Rod. <clears throat> Rod, Rod, Rod. What's his name, Rod? Hold on. <laughs> Rosenstein. Jesus, Louise. Um, uh, attorney general, uh, deputy De attorney general that's going across, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, you lose respect, right? For the FBI leadership. Again, the FBI, there's, there's people that work there that I know that are fantastic people, very smart. They're way smarter than the leadership. You got uh, Comey and you got, um, um, you got Rosenstein, who's the deputy attorney when what they're really, and what they do when they get uh, in, in front of Congress is that they try to just say they they either claim that they were they were stupid and incompetent, um, and um, uh, and they just they they or they were just kind of like well we didn't know it wasn't that big of a deal right it, it's either that you know, oh you know what we're busy right investigating the president that really wasn't that important so we really we didn't read the reports Rod, Rod Rosenstein is kind of like the Democratic Party right it, it's it's very it's like a, this rampant um, disease. Uh, I'm going to tell you one more story after this. So it's this rampant disease that uh, he, he's, uh, he's being questioned yesterday. It was either yesterday or today. And he's being asked. And so you, you know that report that was going to get the FISA um, um, uh, warrant so you can spy on the president? Um, that report that you turned in to the, uh, the court, that one? Yeah. Um, you read that. Well, no. Uh, I, I think I read some of it, but I, I didn't read all of it. So let me get this straight. You want to investigate the president of the United States, or at the time, yeah, I think he was the nominee uh, of the president of the United States. So the most important position in the world, the president of the United States, whatever you, whatever you want to believe, is the most important, the most important position in the United States of America. I don't care who you are or what country you're, you're with and you think that your president is more important. I don't care. I'm telling you, the president of the United States is one of the most important presidents in the positions in the world. And you have Deputy Attorney General Rosenstein, who says, I, I knew this was about investigating and spying on this president who was coming in, whether he's a nominee or president. I knew that. And I couldn't be bothered to read the whole thing. You know, we got a lot. He said, we got a lot going on. There's like, I have 1,500 people I'm responsible for. You know, it was like a normal day, wasn't that big of a deal. And I'm so stupid and incompetent. You know, on that day, I just couldn't be bothered to read a, a uh, you know, a report about the spying on the president of the United States. I, I didn't, I didn't have time. I wasn't really, really. So we're supposed to believe you're, you're either, we, you want us to believe you're either a complete moron um, or, or you're just complete incompetent. In, in There's only one or the other, right? You, and, and you're in this position of power. How did you get there if you're that stupid? My divorce attorney 
reads the, the 25 pages of reports I send in. My, not a divorce attorney, the uh, divorce uh, judge in my case. She reads the entire report. And she has, she does have hundreds of cases, right? They're all stupid cases. They're all claiming stupid stuff, right? And she reads my entire, I know she does because she, she tells me about the reports I turn. She goes, I see on page 15, you rub up a block. She reads it, right? But you couldn't be bothered to read a report to get a warrant to spy on the president of the United States. It's the, that's that's a, it's a sign of the Democratic Party. You are okay with that Democratic Party. You're okay with stuff like that. You are okay with that. You know, accountability is so huge. And that's going to get to my second, you know, just being accountable and, and not wanting to be lied to. How do you live as a, as a Democrat? How do you live with yourself as a liberal uh, follower? How do you live with yourself that you're okay that the liberal media lies to you on a daily basis? That they told you that the, the president was a Russian spy. That was a lie, right? That he uh, colluded with uh, uh, the, the Russians uh, to win. All that was a lie. And you're okay with that. You're going, oh, that, you know, you're just, oh, just that, let's, forget about that. We, we, I don't want to know about that, right? Whoever the, the person from Twitter who was, you know, that, that's, that's, that's something out. That was, um, you know, that was a mistake. It wasn't that, they just ignored, right? Uh, that uh, um, Adam Schiff completely misread the transcript and lied completely about it. Oh, they ignored, that's okay. It's okay to do that because it's against Trump. It's okay because it's against him. We don't care, right? That there's systemic racism in, in the police department. That is not true. Harvard, FBI, everybody had done studies. They've proven that it's not true. Uh, uh, but that's okay. As long as we think it is, as long as we keep repeating it and say that it is, and as long as people keep burning down buildings, it's okay. It's okay that the, the, the mayor and the governor of New York is allowing the people that actually pay the taxes, the people that actually have the businesses and play the bit, pay the business taxes, that they are allowing people to come in from out of state and burn down the buildings, right? They're, you're okay with that Democratic voter who is working in that city, who owns the business. That's okay that your governor is allowing people from out of state, out, from other cities surrounding your city to come in there and destroy your city. You're okay with that. And you're willing to ignore that. They don't not, they don't, Bolo, Bolo, Boloney, whatever his name is, uh, Mayor Baloney, <laughs> that's his new name. Mayor Baloney turned down the National Guard. He does not need them. He's okay with the officers being shot and stabbed in the neck and having bricks thrown in their face. You're okay with, he's okay with that, that he wants that to continue. He does not want to stop it. He's never tried to stop it and he has encouraged it. And yet you are still going to vote for him, all of you that have those businesses in New York that play, pay business taxes, that struggle to keep your business open during the pandemic. All of you voters that are now stuck in your house, not because of the pandemic, because you're too afraid to go outside. You are going to vote for them. Is there any time that you ever get tired of voting for these morons that are running your cities and states? Do you ever get tired of it? Do you ever get tired of lying to, being lied to? I tell my sons and my, and my children, and, and again, this father's this thing really hits me hard, right? I, I, I see one of the biggest things, that during the funeral, and I almost brought, didn't bring this up, and this really will connect, I, I'm, I'm promising you, is that being accountable and holding yourself accountable and being um, a man and being a father, right? That's the only thing I can speak to. I cannot speak for mothers. I know mothers do a great job, and they're always there for their, not always, they're often there for their kids. I know a lot of moms are not there for their kids, but they're often there with their kids, right? But fathers, in the black community are not being responsible for their children. I don't know how, why that is, because most of the men that are in prison that are prison that are black, 
most of them, this is really another good stat that I can assure you that I've gone through and that I had a, a, a speech that I wrote in, in, in college on this very issue is that they are fatherless, that they grew up without a father. In addition to that, they are very, poor, they are very poorly educated. But we have a responsibility as fathers. Do not, do not forget that. That you have a responsibility for your children and to teach them things. You're not always going to be right. I made mistakes. I raise my voice sometimes when I know I shouldn't raise my voice. I get frustrated and all of us get frustrated. Every single one of us get frustrated. Maybe not April Roga. April Roga's perfect. But everybody else gets frustrated, and we do, and we make mistakes, but you still need to be responsible. You still need to be there for them. You still need to get them educated. Yesterday, I, I wanted to show my son, my 14-year-old son, uh, and this I'm not looking for any, nobody write any accolades or say anything about it, because I, sometimes I say stuff, and then people say, oh, my gosh, that, I, I just want to tell you, and I want to give you an example of how important this is. So yesterday I'm doing a job for a YouTuber, uh, millions and millions of viewers this YouTuber has, and I'm there doing a job helping them with filming, and I had a responsibility to bring some dogs in to do a specific, specific thing. I'm not going to go into any details. But about you know, two hours into the shooting, I realized that I had made a huge mistake, that I had brought, you know, it just, it, it, you know, we just didn't do the right thing. And so I had to own up to it. And so, and you have to do it quickly, right? You can't let these things kind of fester. And some, there's things I let fester, trust me. <laughs> there's things I let go. And I just like, oh, I just hope it'll go away. And I'll just, so there are all those things. But I, so again, I don't want you, I don't want to give the impression that I'm perfect. I, I am not perfect. But uh, I had an opportunity, right? The opportunity was, hey, I'm going to go talk to uh, Corey and Capron, um, uh, uh, who are the font bros. And I said, hey, Corey and Capron, come over here. I need to talk to you. And I said, I, and I said, and then at the last minute, I looked, I saw my son, my 14 year old son. I said, Hey son, I want you to come over here too. I want you to hear what I have to say. And I laid out and I said, listen, I failed you. Um, I did not. I thought, right. I, 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 I believe that I, um, I made myself clear. Um, instead of making sure I made myself clear, I didn't do that. I just, I thought I made an assumption and I know that sometimes when you make an assumption, that is the worst thing you do. And I'm telling this to Corey and uh, Capron. And I wanted my 14 year old son to hear me talk to two men in a business situation about, Hey, I erred. I made a mistake and I wanted to make sure and let you know that I'd made this mistake. And I want to make sure that make this up to you and we're going to do our best to make it work. And, um, if you don't, if you want to end this relationship, I understand, but I wanted to come out now. I didn't want this to continue on, uh, and pretend that I was going to make this thing work out or ignore the fact that it's being obvious that this isn't going to work out, at least not this first phase. In the end, it ended up working out because we found some replacements and everything worked out. But I, early on, I said, listen, I, I don't know how this is going to turn out. And right now, I want to let you know ahead of everything else that I failed you because I did not make sure that the first set of dogs that came here were the dogs we needed to do this. And it's on me. And I, I should have made myself perfectly clear. And I should have vetted these dogs before I got here. And I did not do that. I, I made an assumption. And I wanted my son to be there. Why? Not to show him that I'm a failure. I wanted to show him what it's like when you realize you failed. That if there's no shame necessarily in it. I was ashamed. But there's no shame in copping out and admitting to it and saying, listen, I, I need to do this now because if I continue on, we're going to waste a lot of people's time. We had camera people there. We had other actors there. Um, and we had other people there that had better things to do than be there 
when I did not deliver on what I said I was going to deliver. And I wanted my son to see that. That's important stuff, right? There's not, it's not only important to see your, for them to see your successes. It's, it's important to see when you failed and to own up to that failure and, and then see how that works out. We ended the day yesterday all sitting together, smiles, eating pizza, having a really good time. And I think it's important for stuff like that. And so when you, and now the point, right? Now the point when a son in particular does not have a father figure to show success and failure and humility and the love of God and the love of country and the love of hard work and, and of being a man open and telling, teaching them to open a door for a woman, right? To, to help them with things, to carry things for them, to, to get up when you see that there's something that needs to be done and to do it immediately. All these little things are so important. Making your bed in the morning, right? All those things that are important, washing the dishes, taking out the trash, putting a bag in the trash can after following through, right? And that's my nine-year-old's job right now. And then there was a period of time where he would take out the trash, but not put a bag in. And I said, son, you need to finish the job. The job's not finished until you put the bag in, right? That's the complete job. There's, there's two or three steps, right? Step one, take out the bag of trash. Step two, tie it. <laughs> Step three, take it in the areas where there's tile on the floor, not carpet, because sometimes there's a leak, right? We've gone through this thing. <laughs> and then put in the trash can, return to the house, get the bag, put it in the trash can, and then go back to having fun, right? There's these steps and they all have to be followed through. You miss any of those steps and you failed, right? He, no, he never goes across the carpet. He did once and there's a little trail on the carpet where he did once, right? There was a leak uh, and it got on the carpet. And so being a father, is showing them all these things. And so you can see why, and we're going to my notes here, why when you have a man or a boy who grows up without a man in their life to show them these things and to hold them accountable and show them what it's like to be humble, to show them what it's like to take care of women, to show them their role in society is to work hard and be accountable for themselves, then you have problems, right? And we have these problems in our democratic communities. They have not put in systems into encourage education like Donald Trump has. He has. Whoever this idiot who, who responded, who I put up there, the, the thing, who says that this all prop, propaganda. <laughs> I forget what they wrote. Propaganda. It's true stuff. It's not propaganda. It is fact. He understands that black men and women need to be educated. It's important to be educated because there's a chance that some of these people did not come in through a, a household with a man, with a father figure that would show them all those things. And maybe they'll find one in college. Maybe they'll get the education that will make up for what they didn't get as a child. All these things are important. The only thing we need to fix now is how do we fix that? The fatherless homes. What community things can we do? What programs can we put in place? Is it going to be the, the, you know, the big brother organization? Is it going to be um, some type of, what can we do? I don't know what we can do. There's got to be something. If that's the thing that's most consistent, if that's the thing that's most consistent in the failure of black men as they get older, that they go to a, um, a system of crime or a life of crime, and the one consistent thing are these two things, right? Fatherless and illiterate, fatherless, illiterate, over and over again. In the funeral today, right, they talked about being raised by a mother, being raised by a mother. George Floyd and his brother talked about, or George Floyd's brother talked about both of them being raised by their mother because there was no father. What was George Floyd? A criminal, 
Most of his life, he was a criminal, right? He had methamphetamine and heroin in his system, and he was trying to pass a bad, uh, bad uh, f- uh, f- trying to forge forged money. Sorry, I got so many things going through my head. <laughs> At the time of contact, the police didn't go there and contact him just because he was black. They contacted because somebody called and said he's committing a crime. Um, in addition to committing a crime of forgery or trying to pass a fake dollar bill, $20 bill, he was also high on methamphetamine and heroin. And so that's the truth. It wasn't that the police went there because he was black. What they did after, during the rest, was, was murder. All right? That part was murder. But they didn't contact him because he was black. They contacted him because he was a criminal with a long history of, of, of crimes. That is the truth. Why? This all could have been avoided, possibly, if he had a father. This all could have been avoided if he had different circumstances in his life. This all could have been avoided. He never would have been in contact with that horrible cop. That cop would have, would have, would have done something else, maybe something. Maybe he doesn't have a father. That would be interesting to know. He ne- does need to go to prison. He, ne- he needs to, to die in prison, that cop. But it'd be interesting to know if maybe he grew up without a father. Maybe that's it. Maybe th- there's another problem there. I don't know. I, that would, I just kind of want to know. <clears throat> the, the whole last 20 minutes was not meant uh, to be on the show, but it just kind of came out of me. And I, and I hope that it, it didn't hit anybody wrong other than the Twitter person who think this is all, I got to see that word again. I need to learn that word. Uh, <laughs> proper, <laughs> proper gander. This is not propaganda. I, I guarantee you this is not propaganda. This is real, real stuff. I know pa, uh, Pastor, what's his name? Pastor, 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 Pastor. Pastor Daryl Scott. I know he's an Uncle Tom is what they would call him. An Uncle Tom because he's speaking truth. When you speak truth, you're Uncle Tom. I've loved the arguments. That's arguments with them. With me, it's discussions. I've tried to have discussions with some people uh, through Facebook Messenger. And you've seen some of those. I, I post about some of them. And it's always so funny that you you give them stats and statistics and studies and they never come back with it. They, they change. <laughs> there's one really good one. Some of my friends that are on my personal page, if you find the one, there's a really long one. Uh, and I, I won't put out the name or anything like that. But there's a really long one that, that every he had a comment that said um, police are killing uh, black people. Uh, it's, it's a horrible place. Uh, and I said, well, no, here's the statistics. And so he didn't go back to that, right? He didn't, he didn't come back with stats that, that, that countered what I said. There was never, there's never anything like that. He came with a different thing. He goes, well, um, there's no opportunity for black people. That's not true either. <laughs> there's all kinds of opportunity. There's tons of opportunity. What are you talking about? Just look around. There's tons of opportunity. And I said, and I said, I think you've been drinking because I, I, this, this argument, there's, you've not come up with any any, uh, um, uh, you know, any studies that will combat your, you know, my position and support your position. None of that. But what you're saying is simply it's uh, coming from a drunk person. And then he argues, well, I'm a very successful black person um, and I'm highly educated. Wait a minute. Didn't you just say <laughs> that there's no opportunity and there's no educational uh, uh, system for black people? I thought you just said that. But you're telling me you went to the best universities and you're and you're very successful. Wait a minute! You 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 can't argue. You can't <laughs> can you? Right? You can't argue. Uh, it's like arguing that you know there's no food in the, my kids. I do this all the time. There's no food in the house, and they're sitting there. There's no food in the house, and they're eating something. I go, how do you, what? What do you mean? There's no food in the house? Well, there's no food in the house that I like. I'm starving. 
let me they're like you can't get anything else in the refrigerator what do you mean you're starving what do you mean there's no food in the house <laughs> it's a stupid argument all right my friends i will stop now i am so sorry i went on for a very long time and enough of my propaganda i will <clears throat> i will stop with my propaganda thank you all for watching the numbers stayed fairly consistent i'm i'm, I'm so glad that I have a regular audience. Share out this if you can. I would appreciate it. Um, again, I know. Oh, that still says foul, like foul, like a chicken. I think it's, I keep forgetting to fix that. My hands were typing so fast. I was trying to get it typed before I went live. That was another thing that I typed, the thing, the, ro the rolling thing down there. Let me fix that now because I may have to use it again. Um, is uh, that um, I was typing it wh while I was, my uh, video was running. And I, uh, when I saw it on the live, I go, Pfft. I missed up that word. Like, I think I did it like twice on two different things. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I'm horrible. I'm telling you, I'm horrible. So propaganda makes me laugh that I wrote misspelled foul makes me laugh. It's all funny. It's like, <laughs> it's hysterical. Uh, I can't spell, neither can Twitter person, whoever that is. All right, my friends, um, you've stopped commenting. So uh, I, I will quit now. I don't know if you're just so enthralled in what I'm saying, but I do see some articles uh, put up here. Amy Feltz put the kneeling uh, in apology. What a stupid act. What a stupid, you should be ashamed of yourself. I would not allow you back into my house. That's the kind of person I am. Yes, I'm an evil, horrible person. If I saw my son on television kneeling and kissing the foot of a black man, a white man, a Mexican man, a Chinese man, an American Indian man, I would not allow him back into my house until he explained himself and then we would come to some conclusion. I don't know how that would go. I don't know how that would go. I, 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 I will never raise my children to kneel to any man and kiss their foot, especially for something they've never done, right? You can apologize and say, you know what? I was wrong. I said something that was not right. I, I didn't kneel in front of Corey and Capron yesterday, Capron yesterday and say, you know, please forgive me. I brought the wrong dog. No, I said, listen, I brought the wrong dogs. You know, I, I, I was wrong. I should not have done that. Um, I should have vetted these dogs better before we came out here. It is all on me. Uh, if there's anything I need to do to make this up to you, if we uh, if we have a, an, an extra shoot that we have to do, uh, let me know if I need to compensate you for something because this is on me. And I needed to lay that out, right? I wasn't kneeling to them. I was stating a fact and said, this is on me. I apologize. Anything I need to do to fix that, let me know. I wanted my 14-year-old to see that. That's how you apologize. You don't apologize by kneeling and kissing their foot. And I'm sorry to go back on that, but I appreciate Amy Feltz putting that up there because I want people to know that these things are true. None of this is propaganda. It is for real. These things are really happening. It's going to happen again tonight. It's going to continue. Why? Because the Democrats want it to continue. They will not bring in the, the, the tools and resources they have to stop this. They don't want it to stop. They don't care about you, the Democrat voters. The Democrat leaders don't care about Democrat voters. All they care is making a point. They want to blame this on Donald Trump. He is not the one that was in power when all this crap started. He's only been in power for three years. All of them have been in power for 50 years. All of this is still happening because of them. This was happening during Barack Obama. This was happening during George Bush. This was happening during the Clintons. This was happening during uh, LBJ, right? It's It's been going on since LBJ, since uh, uh, Kennedy was assassinated. All this has continued. None of this is new. None of this happened within the last three and a half years. Only thing Donald Trump in the last three and a half years has made it better. And he's been trying, but he's being blocked by the liberals.
The liberals don't want him to succeed in changing things for blacks. He, they don't want him to make blacks successful. He doesn't want them to help in the racism areas. He doesn't want them to do that. He like they like it this way. They like the racism. They like the discrepancy. They like the 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 poverty. They like the systems that keep people poor and, and keep them on food stamps. There is no doubt. This is always this is there's. I I'll, I'll bring another story. I'll actually put another story in there that I just read today that 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 supports the things that I'm telling you. So get your head out of the sand and out of your assholes because that is the truth. All right. That is it for me. I thank you for watching and I'm going to continue having a beer here. All right. Take care. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. What you doing? Trying on glasses with Zenny's 3D Virtual Try-On. Wow, that's pretty cool. But those glasses kind of make you look like your Uncle Bob. Oh, not exactly the look I was going for. Um, okay, how about these clear glasses? Oh, or these round ones? Very on trend. I like both on you. You know, I also like these aviator sunglasses. Wait, are those the actual prices? I say get all of them. Seriously, why not, right? Oh, now I want new glasses. Zenny.com. Quality prescription glasses starting at $6.95.